They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Ladies and gentlemen, Shy Let the boom come into my heart. You set my soul sky high when your loving starts. Jitterbug into my brain. Cause a bang, 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 speak up. Feet do the same. Something's bugging you. Louder. Something ain't right. My best friend told me what you did last night. Speak up. Left me sleeping in my bed. Can't hear you. I was dreaming, but I should have been with you instead. Why do people listen to the show? I, I, I think it, they listen exclusively for that. I think I think people for turn the, us for off. For the 40 seconds of torture that we put them through at our amusement only. I told you I had somebody that said, you know, when you get past the first couple minutes, it's actually a pretty good show. <laughs> you know what? Like, Come on. Screw them. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the amazing, unbelievable extraordinary awe-inspiring podcast that's known as thoughts that rock oh that's us uh we exchange a couple pieces of life-changing advice on mm-hmm. this podcast we do in about 30 minutes or so and um people love it that's they all, do that's all i'm gonna say this episode as the last four yes is all being sponsored by certified rockstar that is our customized leadership training program very music oriented but there's a lot of meatiness we like to say Mm -hmm. edutainment Mm -hmm. like from start to finish you got to go and check that thing out what other trainings have swag bags jim uh none that i know of no there might be a couple they get books they get t-shirts they get it's rock and roll baby all day long it's amazing if you have not experienced a certified rock star training i have you have to check it out it's both of us. You get two for the price of three. It's amazing. Yes. Actually, you get two for half the price we normally <laughs> charge is how that normally works out. Shh, don't yeah. tell them that. Thoughts That Rock supports CKC, otherwise known as Cannonball Kids Cancer. Amazing. Um, amazing team over there. Please go check them out. Find out how you can get involved. CannonballKidsCancer.org. Yeah. And if you like the show, just take a moment to do us a favor. Just... Give us a, a five-star rating. Five. And since you're there anyway, you may as well put down a few words. That's right. You know, just a little bit of narrative. It could be one word. It could be a couple. Love that brand guy. The other guy, not You so could much. write that. Sure. You, you could. As long as the five-star rating, I don't even care. I don't care what you say. You could say, you know what? I listened to the wrong podcast. <laughs> you could put that too. <laughs> that counts. That counts with the five-star rating we'll as a positive it. review. We'll do that. Any day of the week. We'll take it. Listen, we know how busy you are, and just finding a moment to really make your life a little bit better, that's part of what we're here for, and we get it. I bet you're doing two things at once right now. I am. It doesn't even matter to us. Right now, you could be, I don't know, acting out scenes from classic Star Trek episodes. Oh, fuck. I don't know what any of you want to watch it. He's never watched Star I'm making Trek. the symbol with my hand. Yes. <laughs> and people can't see that, which oh, wait. is fine. Uh, live long and prosper. Yes. Okay. You could be working on the alligator insemination program at Gatorland Zoo. Oh, gross. Yeah. Maybe you're making a rubber band gun. 
doesn't matter to us. We just want to be the 30 to 35 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. How do you inseminate an alligator? <laughs> Carefully. So many answers. So many answers. Let's rock. Listen up. Our guest today is Mallory Gott, who is the founder and creative director of GNA, which is an experiential design firm that really uses a, a what I call a deliberate framework and approach to delivering unforgettable events. I hope we talk about that. But first and foremost, Mallory, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and good day to everyone listening in or good evening. Yes, yes. Appreciate it. And, you know, like all of our guests, we will absolutely point everybody to check out your full bio in the show notes. I know a lot of our, our audience does go and do a deep dive, but, you know, we couldn't uh, start the show off without just a couple of cool things that we thought were very interesting. First off, you know, after years of designing experiences of all kinds, you know, and that's events and conferences and trade shows and, you know, learning programs, pop-ups, anything that you can think of when it comes to an event, that's what Mallory does. And and she's done that for some of the world's most discerning audiences, believe it or not. She eventually wound up starting her own company. Um, and, and what's cool about this branch, she, I, I would say, reverse engineers mm -hmm. events using desired feelings and mm. emotions and intentional design. A lot of the stuff you actually talk about what connecting the head and the heart. Yeah. She, she actually does that. <laughs> and, uh, and I love it too, because this, I, I hope this comes up during our talk. She calls it the four uh, D framework, which, uh, mm. really helps clients avoid the status quo and event. So uh, just to be transparent, I was, um, connected to Mallory through a mutual friend of ours, Sarah DeCoin, who, uh, pointed out that honestly some of the the things that we have in common some of the similarities in our experiential training certified rock star sounded a little bit like what you know mallory does for a living so we just thought that would be really intriguing and to get her on the show and and share Dang some it. cool we thought thoughts. we were doing it first and come no. to find out we're copying mallory no we weren't yeah she we're we're actually following her uh her tale here well this is good honor as yeah. all great art does, as <laughs> all great art, it's all it's all iterative. So there's a good chance that I'm copying you, but you know we're gonna call it a virtuous cycle. Right? Yes, Paca oh. Picasso says, "Good artists borrow and great artists steal." That's what it is. Is that what there he said? That's literally there what he you said. Go. I want the audio. To that. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right, I, I got it on Wikipedia. It. It's got to be. It's got to be true. Yes. Of course, it's totally real. They <laughs> totally. collect donations for their for their funding, so you know it's true. Yeah, you're ruining the experience, I love Mallory. <laughs> no, I love Wikipedia. Don't 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 bomb the podcast Wikipedia. You're my favorite. Yes. I've donated to you yes. never, but I should do it and will now. Yes. Nice recovery. We yes. love that. Nice. So you know the deal, <laughs> Mallory. We uh, we don't do the long interview format and all the background stuff. Again, I hope people go look at it in the show notes. We just want to know the the great, awesome piece of advice that you're going to share with our audience. So we're going to leave the floor open to you. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. Yeah, well, my thought that rocks is actually attributable to my father, Kel Gott, who told me once, if you really believe that you do not know what to do when faced with a difficult decision, then you should flip a coin and let fate take its course. Hmm. Uh-oh. All right. This might be different than what uh, I'm thinking. I'll take it. I, I like it. 
I'm dying to know, okay, when did this happen? Where did this come up? What was the scenario? you got to give us the context. She was watching Batman. It's Two-Face. Yeah. It sounded like Two-Face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was uh, trying to decide between Taco Bell and In and Out. No, uh, I was. Um, I hope you did not flip a coin between Taco Bell uh, no, and In and Out. No, I sure didn't. I hashtag Team In and Out. Uh, I love Taco Bell too. Yes. Um, no, I was. So I'm, I'm slightly older now, um, just like a couple hours, but I was 22 at the time, and uh, and I was faced with the you know, storied decision of love versus career. Mm. So I had been offered an opportunity to relocate from, um, at the time I lived in Chicago and I had been offered the opportunity to relocate down to Atlanta. And I had recently met someone, uh, it was my first great love at 22. Um, yeah, we'd, we'd been, we'd been together for, you know, all of 30 days. So of course you knew it was the real deal. Um, and, um, I shouldn't say that. I very much believe in love and love at first sight. So, you know, it, it very much could have been. But I wasn't sure what to do. I'd, I'd gotten this job offer and, um, you know, they'd given me about five days, I think, to make a decision. And I, I didn't know what to do. And I said to my dad, I called him up and I said, Dad, I'm really, I'm really, really in a tough spot here. I don't know whether I should move or I should stick it out and see what happens with this with this guy. And uh, my dad said, well, you know, if you're really not sure, then flip a coin. And when he said it, I remember just being aghast. You know, it was like a record scratch, right? I was like, what? Leave my life up to a coin flip? You know, that's what was going through my head. But he continued on to say, and this is the real thought that rocks, I think, um, if when you flip that coin, you are hoping against hope that one side comes up over another, then you already know what your decision is. It's just a matter of whether or not you'll allow yourself to make it. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. And, uh, and of course that was like, you know, he lowered the boom on that one. With me. Um, but, but it, 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 what it did and what it continues to do for me. And certainly this ties into how I, I do the work that I do, um, with clients, uh, is that it really, it took away all of the guesswork that I so often can tell myself is there. You know, I like to make things complicated or my brain likes to try to make things really complicated. <laughs> right. My head likes to think through and think over and analyze and, you know, and, and really what it did was it, it took it all the way down to a feeling, you know, you, you know, I knew in that moment, I didn't need to flip a coin. I knew, yeah. um, I knew how I felt about the situation, but I, I was so unaccustomed to leading with feelings or intuition, or some people call it your gut instinct, um, that that just seemed like. And a completely asinine way to make a decision. Yeah. Um, but that piece of advice made it really apparent that, in fact, it, it was not at all. So my immediate, I'm glad that you clarified and, and your dad, you know, obviously wisdom beyond his years. I mean, it does help to have the second mm. part to it. I, I think it makes me so nervous to leave I guess, life to chance. And and so it reminds me of a couple of things. First off, we've had, uh, we had somebody on the show, a good friend of Brant's actually, Allie Trobridge, who said, and I think she was talking about the same sort of mindset when you really don't know what to do, do the next mm-hmm. right thing. And so, you know, th- mm-hmm. there's that angle. And then I have a friend of mine who we've talked about on the shows for you know, my friend, Nigel, who lives in Atlanta, who says, listen, if you're unsure, sometimes the best thing to do is to be still, you know, it'll be revealed mm-hmm. to you at some point. So, you know, maybe one's from a moral, I don't know, a, a centered approach. And the other one's a little bit more from a spiritual standpoint. But then my question then to you would be, 
how do you now use this in the work that you do when you're when you're doing business either it's with your team or clients how do you do this when you're designing an experience yeah well i mean it's really it comes in quite handy and and what i'll say just briefly to touch on the other two pieces of advice that you um that you just shared are the thoughts that rock because those are both things that i absolutely ascribe to as well Mm. um the you know the caveat with the coin flip i think is also that I was given that piece of advice and and I use that like very literal uh, piece of advice only when I am at the point at which a decision has to be made. Right. So I wasn't on day one of the go to Atlanta or stay in Chicago going flip a coin. I have five more days. I'll just flip the coin 10,000 times. Although it was only 30 days in, you could have been. (laughs) Yeah. You you sound impulsive. Uh, But (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, at that point, I, I definitely was in the camp of, of kind of be still and no. I knew I had five more days, and I just was like, well, I don't have to make this decision. I mean, it kind of looked like procrastination, but it was really be still and, and no. Um, or be still and wait for what, what uh, the other thought that rocks was, which is wait for whatever the next right indicated step is, yeah. right? And yeah. at a certain point, that step was call my dad because I was down to the wire and I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and then that's where, that's where my... <laughs> My third piece of, uh, of helpful information came in. But as far as um, how that gets brought into the design of experiences, and, you know, I think um, events are certainly a component of experiences. And I know that you, you two look at experiences similarly and that they are often much, much broader than what people think of at first blush. But, um, you know, it's this idea that we, we always have, we always know, we always can tell by the way that we feel what is right in mm-hmm. any given situation. What we often get really good at over the series of our, of the course of our lifetimes, to, to be frank, um, is rationalizing away what we know to be the right decision with all kinds of other information, you know, and a lot of that comes out of just a disconnection with, um, our feelings as, as the, the leader in terms of how we make choices. So for me, what that looks like with clients, and sometimes I really will literally hand them a coin and say, well, if you don't know how to you know, do this, if you're not sure that you can move away from uh, what you, what you know hasn't been working or you wouldn't have asked me to come in and help you, then flip a coin. And if the, if it comes up heads, you'll stay with exactly what you've been you know riding with for however long. And you'll just see where that goes. And if it comes up tails, well, we'll try this other thing, right? And they have the same reaction that 22-year-old Mallory did, which is like clutch the pearls. Oh, my gosh, what? <laughs> what we paid you money to come in and t- tell us a little bit But what comes on the heels of that is like, no, you know that, that you want one option over another. Yeah. You can feel that. There's no ambiguity there. You are just so unaccustomed to using your feelings as the way that you start to make decisions. Um, that you're, 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 para- you're, you're paralyzed basically, you know, and you're trying, you're, your rational mind is trying to convince you that using that intuitive side of, of what you're, you know, what you know um, is not right. And it, and it can't possibly get you to a good place. It's right. going to lead you down a road to peril and, you know, and, and all kinds of other horrible things. And that's never, that's never the case. No, no, I, I, I absolutely love this now that that we have sort of this (laughs) twist of what's happening because when I sort of, I'm looking at it now and it's the action of flipping the coin that serves as a trigger. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. so I love this idea. It would be the same of if you did the, 
uh, you know, they're they're out in at center uh, field and uh, they're getting ready to flip a coin for the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and they're going to decide mm-hmm. which side they're going to defend. The big game. The You're big not allowed game. to say Super Bowl. Sorry. Mm. Oh, the big game. We have to pay royalties when you say <laughs> Super Bowl. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you ever noticed that? That's the every bar, every thing. restaurant. Yeah, you can't use Super Bowl. They they trademark. Okay. That. That's well the the large bowl. How's that? I've trademarked that. <laughs> Did you? You now owe me money. Um, so they're at, they're at midfield. They're flipping the coin, and as they flip the coin, they say, "Call it heads yeah. or tails." In that same way, it's sort of this is the same scenario mm-hmm. in that it 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 forces you to make that intuitive decision as to what you're going to call. But then, mm-hmm. ideally, I almost picture catching the coin out of the air. And it doesn't matter anymore whether it's heads or tails right. because you've actually intuitively decided where you want this to go. So let's explore that option first. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. love right. that. That's brilliant. Mic drop. Right. I'm leaving. Well, Thank you. Try the deal. <laughs> it's actually Mallory's thought. Well, it's not your thought. Oh, right. shit. Mallory's the smart one. <laughs> well, well, Mallory's dad is the smart one. Which yes. yes. I'm never going to hear the end of it. But um but so here, and so here's the other kicker to that, right? So I always feel like it's important, and I've shared this with clients when I share this story, and I think it's important because it, I think it gets at an even deeper uh, part of what I believe is the wisdom in that thought that rocks. Um, is that in that particular scenario or in that particular situation, I made the choice to stay and to pursue the relationship. Um, and that relationship lasted for, for quite a while, actually. It, it is, I'm not still with that person anymore. And, um, you know, of course, when we, when we decided to end things, like any relationship, it was heartbreaking, right? And so some people could look at that and go, well, your coin flip thing failed. You failed. And, and the reality, and this is the deeper part of it, is that I don't believe that I did. Because in that moment, what I knew was accurate and right for me, the feeling that was right was to pursue that relationship regardless of the fact that it was very new and that we were young and, you know, that, that, that other people would look at that and say objectively, like you threw away this, you know, this great opportunity. I don't look back on that decision and think, man, I really, um, I really regret not making the decision to go to Atlanta. I don't, I, I genuinely do not. I felt at that time, like I knew my heart was in the, you know, in, in, um, in the camp of staying and pursuing a relationship. Mm-hmm. And even when it didn't work, I didn't look back and go, God, I really wish, right? Like I really wish transversely, if my heart had been in the camp of, of going to Atlanta and I'd made that decision to go. And then that job had been, you know, not what I wanted. I still would have felt fine because I knew I made the right decision with the information I had available at the time based on the way I felt when I made it. And I think that's the other part, you know, and it it sounds so odd to people when I start talking about feelings relative to big, big decisions around business or what they perceive to be these critical, um, you know, professional choices. But the, the, the thing is the same, right? Like at the end of the day, no matter what the ultimate outcome is, if you're making that decision based on what you you know feels correct in a moment, given whatever information you have at that time, no matter what the outcome is, if you keep going back to the idea of the next right thing, if you keep doing the next right thing, using your feelings to make those decisions as you go, no matter what the outcome is, you know that you were truthful to what was exciting sure. to what to you at the time, you know, and that's a that's a cool place to be no matter what the outcome ends up being. Sure. I think, you know, again, I was sort of halfway joking about, I'm not sure I could let my life 
be decided in any way, shape or form to chance, but we've all done that at some point. And, you know, you take mm-hmm. these personality assessments, things like DISC, where they're, you know, you could absolutely find some people that are in the camp that when it comes to career or like you said, moving or staying in a relationship or, or taking a vacation, some people, they wing it. They're happy with that. It's willy nilly flip a coin. Let's go right versus left. I'm not like that. I, I think I've always, <laughs> I've always wanted to gather the facts and, and bounce dilemmas uh, off of my friends, my peers. I always seem to weigh the pros and the cons and, and I'll even err in favor of the end user. Like I probably overanalyze and Brant will probably agree with that. What? But, yes. But, but here's the, here's the <laughs> side part when it came to really, you know, every business that I've ever failed at are the ones where I was winging it. You know, it was, I, I was guessing at the direction or somebody else was, especially if I had no direct control absolutely failure versus the ones that I had a deliberate intention to focus on just great decision-making and whether to your point, Mallory, it's, it's your feelings, it's your gut check, whatever it is. I probably, I don't mind flipping the coin, but I'm like, I'm hoping like heck that it's heads because that's what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, Brian can chime in here, but I guess my question again would be, how do you use this now in life? I know you're using it a certain way in business, but what kind of advice mm-hmm. or thoughts do you give to other people? Is it um, go with your gut, go with your feelings? It's usually going to be the correct one. Again, I'm looking at brands. So I'm, almost both of you answering it, you know, in this. Well, I'll give you my two cents. And this is, I, I believe that acknowledging the feelings is a critical part of the decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I write about, uh, in my book, I write about where good decisions, what is a good decision. And for myself, the, the sort of criteria that I put forth uh, had to remove good or bad from an outcome because we don't control outcomes. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is start with these non-negotiable values, right? So a good decision is born from these non-negotiable values the second part of it is it has to consider all of the facts you can get your hands on, not just the truth in the room, right? So, so I often find that people get really narrow focused and they only consider the truth in the room they're in, not the larger truth that might exist about something. And then the final piece is you have to acknowledge how you're feeling in the moment. If you do the first two, if you make something that's really born out of those values and you consider all the fashion, get your hand on, but you ignore how you're feeling about it. Our feelings are so incredibly powerful. They have the ability to overthrow your willingness to stay committed Mm -hmm. to any particular decision that you make. So you have to appease that, that emotional part of you and acknowledge how you're feeling. If you want any prayer of staying committed to the decision that you make. And so I love this because it really leans in on that idea of, you know, I, I, I could argue that that intuitive thing that you say, I really hope it lands on heads Mm -hmm. is rooted in those non-negotiable values that have you formed over the course of your life. It's why you want it, right? You might not have identified them yet, but it's where it, it's the source from which that desire comes from. And so when Mm -hmm. you factor that into acknowledging, not appeasing, but acknowledging the feelings in the moment, it really lets you know if you are feeling uncertain about something, there is a reason that you are feeling uncertain Mm -hmm. about it. And if you just ignore it, 
it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. But if you really look at it and you have identified these non-negotiable values, you have something very clear to look to and go, is something being violated? Is one of these non-negotiables being threatened by something? And that's why I feel uncertain as opposed to digging through a bag of the 50 things that you find really important. Um, It's really hard to put your finger on the exact cause. And that's why we need to separate things that are really important from non-negotiables because they're a mile apart in reality, Mm -hmm. but in a bag, they look real similar. Well, it sounds like Mallor, you probably agree with that, right? I think that's great. It's brilliant. Are, Are you on the same page? I think, wouldn't it be great if I was like, no, I reject that. It would be awesome. It'd be uh, great. It'd be, it'd be so awesome great. radio. Yeah, that's the worst advice I've ever heard. We've been uh, waiting no, for someone no, to push back for years. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's the worst. Jane, you ignorant podcast. slut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a Saturday no, Night Live skit just for people that are listening. There it is. There it is. Um, oh, I love it. Um, no, I think there's there are a lot of things there that um, – that definitely dovetail into the, you know, the way that I think about things on, on a personal level. And then certainly how it translates into some of the, you know, work that I do that for whatever reason, everybody in the universe likes to be like, Oh, that's, that's the important ticket. Um, but, um, but going back to, um, Jim, your comment about like, I don't know if I could leave it to chance, right? Like, I don't know, you know, the thought that pops into my head there and, and then I, I will absolutely dovetail on, um, the non-negotiables and, you know, I, cause there's a lot there too, but the thought that pops into my head is, you know, when I, when I, when any person tells myself that I am going to be able to look at a, a, a pile of information, facts, pro con charts, et cetera. Um, in reality, I am absolutely taking a chance that I believe I'm betting on what's right, which is my ability to analyze, deeply analyze the situation and come up with the best outcome, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. you're still you're still technically flipping a coin. On the one side of the coin is my ability to rationally approach something and analyze it and come up with the right solution or a best solution. And the other side of the coin is, you know, trusting the intuition or the whatever. And I'm I'm you know, making this super reductionist. But so I think you, you may give yourself a little bit less credit for your ability to trust the trust chance if you want to look at it that way. Um, but as far as the, you know, the non-negotiables go um, and the way that looking at good decision versus bad decision, I think for me on a personal level, I also like to take it and say, what is, what is good versus bad, you know, and, and you're talking about that in terms of non-negotiables. And I think where I like to look at it is why have, why really, when I step back away from something, why have I looked at something and and assigned a value of good versus bad? If I'm really, and this is going into territory that tips over into deep spirituality. So I doubt we have enough time to like, you know, talk about like all the world spirituality in this particular conversation, but Um, but if I'm, if, if I'm here, if I believe the universe is here and is functioning in a way that I'm intended to live a a good life an enjoyable life, a a peaceful life, whatever I think that that means for me, then couldn't I argue that good really is only the thing that will get me closer to the, the true sense, the feeling of whatever that serene, that calm, that enjoy, enjoyable is for me. Hmm. Um, and if those are the things that I define as good rather than good means success in some terms as defined by, you know, whatever group of people to to use the room analogy, whatever that room is that I'm in literal or figurative, 
then, you know, again, that comes back to me for this idea of feelings is like uh, being being paramount because I can then take it and make it as big or as little as I want, you know, and I can say like an easy one for me is um, when I first started really being physically active again and getting into much better shape, physical shape, probably about four years ago. You, you lost know, at first me. I was Sorry. like, well, I've got to <laughs> exercise. I'm out. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. Oh, uh, I was God. like, oh, wait, did I, is, is, I was like, did I drop off the call? No, <laughs> this is a running joke. <laughs> that, that's my safe word. Well, you say exercise. <laughs> Jim runs to you two places. It's the fridge or the bathroom. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. But so, so that was cut. No. So that was kind of my thing too. I was like, I don't know. I don't want to like do this, you know, workout really crazy. And I, I don't, but I know, I, I know I don't, I don't feel great physically. I don't feel great in my, you know, just day to day life. Like, what am I going to do? Um, and I actually did use the coin flip a few times to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, do this type of program or do that type of program, or I'm going to make, you know, do this type of, um, eat this type of way or that type of way. And what it always came back down to for me is what felt better in a particular moment, you know, what felt better. And I don't mean like immediate gratification, like right. oh, I'm going to eat candy or I'm not like I, I, for me, what it meant for a long time for probably about 12 months was that the workout, the physical activity that I did was I would walk. That was all I would do. I didn't, I didn't do any intensive cardio. I didn't, you know, lift. I didn't do, get into yoga. I didn't do Pilates. I didn't do anything personal trainer. Um, because when I really looked at it, like the one that I was hoping always came up was like, can I just walk? Can I just walk? I really just like walking, you know? And, and so what that creates for me experientially is yes, I'm making progress toward wherever I think I need to go. In me, in this case, my personal health goals, my well-being goals, or, you know, in other cases, something much, perhaps much, much more significant on a grand scale of a team or an organization or however else you want to think about it. But because I'm using that coin flip and that the really the feeling behind it, um, I get to experience all along the way things that I enjoy. I get mm-hmm. to design an experience making progress toward an end goal, but the experience itself is one that I that I get to be satisfied by and, and take pleasure in, if you want to use that term. Um, I don't have to wait for some finish line, you know, yeah. and then hope that that's the answer. Like hope that that's the thing that makes me feel good. Yeah. I get to enjoy the feelings while I go. A hundred percent. You know, I, I wrote something down here as we were sort of talking about this. It's, it's an interesting thought. I, I wrote down, we only leave things to chance when we have undefined values. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. sort of, it's an interesting thought because in, Mm -hmm. in the light of flipping a coin, um, it's only difficult to choose when we don't know what we want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but when we have those defined things, it's much easier to, to make decisions that are in alignment with your non-negotiables. And so, uh, Mm -hmm. I, I love that idea of sort of chance versus values and how that plays itself out. It actually leads into our thought uh, for this week that I think dovetails really nicely and sort of leans on the, I think even the misperception of what we had for your initial thought. So our thought comes mm-hmm. from Les Mis, Les Mis, mm-hmm. as Les they say, Les Miserables, Les, um, it's this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you can tell that. Wait, I speak French. Do you guys want me to pronounce it? Yes. Oh, that's that French. Fancy. <laughs> All right. Let me, help, let me help you help yourselves because that was gruesome. Uh, it's Les Miserables. There you go. Oh, 
See, I literally thought. It Am was, I saying it, it right? Was it's Victor Hugo. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I. Uh, you can tell you how many times yeah. I've seen that. What is it? Is a show? It's a show, right? Oh my god! Is just, it? Just is read it a, the, just read the plot. It, is it a musical? It, it's it, a musical. It was, okay. Uh, um, what? It, oh boy! It was a book first. It yes. was a book first. Oh. Then, yes. Yeah. Books. So American Public Education for the win. <laughs> Keep going. Here we go. We're going to totally edit Towards this out ahead. to make Brant look smarter. Hey, it's fine. I've seen Phantom. Yes. I've seen Phantom. Check the box. I can leave. <laughs> oh, my God. I, and I enjoyed it. And I've seen Wicked. Those You're are my it. two. You're cultured. Those are my two. And I've seen Wicked. And there I've you go. Seen that, I've seen Wicked. Oh, yeah. I've got both there on the spectrum. Is. I've got a classic and I've got a new classic. So there you go. All right. What's our thought that rocks? That, oh, that's... we have a, we have a <laughs> thought. Oh, that's right. It comes from... Uh, Victor Hugo. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I only speak yeah. French Canadian. And uh, it's this. Oh, that rock number two. The straight line, a respectacle optical illusion which ruins many a man. And uh, I, I love this because I think that most of us desire our lives to be this straight line and this... I'm going to get from point A to point B as quickly as I can with the, with the least amount of drama as I can. But in reality, I think our lives look much closer to this flipping a coin mm -hmm. and making these decisions that might take us off off the path for a minute, um, but help us refocus that path to get to where we want to be with, with a, I, I, as you were talking about uh, earlier, Mallory, sort of enjoying the the path to get there not just waiting to get to the destination but mm -hmm. actually enjoying these decisions that we make along the way and uh, I just I love it I love this idea I believe that a straight line is an optical illusion for for all of us yeah. and I think that's how, how how do you feel about that uh, quote from the incredible yeah. musical called Lay I was gonna Miz. say the musical. I know. I mean, what a musical! Like, wow, France. You really of all the cultural of Go all the France. cultural contributions you've made, musicals really. Top Not just life. fries. Um, yes. <laughs> um, no, I. You know, I think. I think what I love about that quote is um, what it makes me think of is this idea that I think that I want the straight line. I think there is a straight line because I think if somehow. Uh, I can walk a straight line. I'm going to achieve those feelings. You know, mm. if I, if I think about it, I kind of like, um, I think it's road to perdition was the book. Uh, but it's, you know, it's the idea that like the American fifties ideal when I get married and I have the 2.5 kids in the job that I move up and I, you know, and I have the house at the fence and like, I'm going to feel calm. I'm going to feel collected. I'm going to feel mm -hmm. uh, satisfied, contented, whatever. And, and that to me is what Hugo's talking about with the optical illusion. The illusion is the, is that inverted paradigm that when I do these things in this sequence and as long as nothing nothing ever deviates from what that sequence i believe should be for reasons that are largely societal or what you know however you want to think about it that way um the the room that i'm in has dictated this is the line then i will be able to live this experience and and have these feelings that that i want and in reality i think the paradigm shift is let me get clear on the feelings or the non-negotiables. I think we're talking, you know, similar terminology. Let me get clear on the feelings I want to have 
And let me use those as the hallmarks of the decision making. And then regardless of what direction the line goes, whether it bifurcates, turns back around, whatever it does, I still get to live this this life that's full of these feelings that I absolutely love to have from moment to moment to moment. Yeah. So I think it's a beautiful quote. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, just I, I love it. I think it's great. I don't know who would want to stay in a straight line anyway. I mean, I know people desire that. I think the point that actually both of you are making, you know, it's definitely for probably all of us here. None of us are doing exactly what we thought we were going to do. Maybe whatever our degrees were. I mean, my, my long and winding road. I mean, I went to school to be a musician. And when that wasn't going to be my future and career, because, you know, you had to be good, I became a middle school teacher. And I loved doing that. And I thought, well, that's what I'm going to do. And then you, you realized pick up a, you had to be good. I had to be good. Yeah. So I just keep jumping till I find something <laughs> that will resonate with me. You know, I find the summer job at Hard Rock. That winds up being a 21-year love affair. You know, my business crush with those guys runs mm-hmm. deep. But even that, all of these things, it's an amalgamation. You take all of it and put it together to say, I am a speaker and an author and a podcaster because of those things. I still pull the levers of music and education and hospitality. And, you know, you, you said something, Mallory, I think that it just, th- this is why I wrote about this in, in uh, my book, Culture That Rocks. I talk about people have personal culture shifts that, you know, you, you have these things that, you, you could look at as they happen to you, some obstacle, you know, life's challenges, or they happen for you. And I think, Brant, this is what you were saying. If you leaned into these changes, right, if you tried to stay on the straight and narrow, you're going to be thrown curveballs. You're going to lose your way. You're going to get frustrated. You might actually lose your identity versus leaning into it and saying, not that you're just going with wherever life's going to take you. It's just change is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You can, whether it's flipping a coin or looking at it in such a way that's saying, I'm going to embrace this moment and see what comes out of it. Isn't that the the cool, beautiful part of life? I mean, I just, for me, I think people that are, woe is me, look at this, this is what happens to you. What, what kind of life is that? Stand on your straight, narrow life, that's fine, but I just think that's boring. You had me at failed musician, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mallory had me when you were on your five-minute dissertation, and she said, wouldn't it be cool if I just said no? I love that she was going to stomp on you. Oh, she I thought want, about it for a hot second. I wanted her to so badly. That would have been amazing. But we yeah. digress. Back to you, Mallory. Maybe the question is, what advice yeah. would you give to people who, who you know, they, they go with the flow, but they, they, they struggle with this embracing the coin flip, embracing the, the challenges that come with life? You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, it it definitely was a long and windy road to get there. I certainly ascribed to the straight line family for a long time, um, and I, I can't even act like you know, it was it was like I had this uh, revelation one day. It was a series of events that that kind of 
stripped away all of the um, construction that I had, you know, the constructs I'd had about, about decision-making and how I moved through life. And what I think what I would say to folks is it sounds like such a cliche, but it really, I believe it to, to be an accurate uh, statement. You know, if I know if, if my job, if what is good for me is to feel great, to have that, you know, that personal culture, that, that those non-negotiable, these different terms that we're using, if I measure my success by the things that give me more of that, and I don't mean in a selfish way where I'm just, you know, steamrolling people only to get what I want, because that's not what it's about. But if I look at a situation and say, you know, do I generally feel better when I'm in a room full of kids and having a great time teaching them or, you know, feeling frustrated because I don't think that what's supposed to be happening relative to this, you know, career music career that I had envisioned is happening. And I spend all my days either feeling frustrated or feeling a little easier. Like if my measure of success is to enjoy those moments, those moments that make up an entire life, then, then I can be successful no matter what curveballs you know, life throws, no matter how many freaking pandemics we go through or, (laughs) you know, iterations of whatever, like, like, I don't have to be in an office. I don't have to work in the career. I don't have to be able to have, you know, my ideal travel schedule or the address or whatever, right? Like, I can focus on how I want that feeling to be moment to moment, and I can find ways to succeed moment by moment while I'm making my way toward whatever those whatever those bigger outcomes and goals are. You know, it's not an, it's not an abandonment of those things. It's an enhancement of the process by which I get to arrive at those destinations. Mm, yeah. I think that's the kicker. I love that. So, so I know we're getting to the end here real quick. Since we talked about the 4d framework, can you tell everybody yeah. what that is? And, uh, and maybe if they want some more information about that or what you guys do, where, where would you like for us to send them? Well, uh, if they are bearing gifts, I can give you my address. <laughs> and send, no, I'm just kidding. That's a terrible bad joke. Um, so the point, so so let me try to re- just get back on track. It will be impossible almost, but here we go. So the framework. So the framework is four simple, simple, simple steps. Um, the first one is discover. You know, most of us we really have to discover how it is we want to feel because we have no idea. You ask most people, and they either say I don't know, or they say like Oh, good, or fine, right? And there's no way to discern what that really means. Mm-hmm. So we start with that, whether it's a business a business situation or a personal one, how do you want this to feel? And and really take a look at that. There's some stuff we do. It's all fun stuff because I like my experiences to be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, so we do that. Yeah. Um, then, then we go on to uh, define. So we define what an outcome really looks like and how it feels, you know, if, if we've got these feelings in mind. So what we get more specific around what the end looks like, but what the component pieces look like. And it's all based on does, if we're describing these things vividly, do the descriptions we've written down, do they actually evoke those feelings that we defined or, or that we discovered in the first step or, or not? And if they don't, then we refine and we work on, you know, okay, wow, if this happened, I would really feel like this, right? Then the third part is discard, and that's where we get through all of the reasons that you can't possibly make decisions and design experiences, whether they're personal or professional or whatever, based on feelings, because that's always sitting there. People like, at the end of the day, it's so unusual for folks that they're like, no, but really, we can't do this. So we look at, you know, well, why, why do you think you can't? Why do you think you can't enjoy something and have it be successful? I mean, that's, you know, again, breaking it down pretty simplistically, mm-hmm. but that's that's the third part. Um, and then the last part is we design. And so that's where we start, the rubber starts to meet the road. And um, you look at, okay, well, what are all the touch points that are 
required to get you from A to B and how do we design those touch points? So how do I figure out, you know, perhaps on a grand scale, the same thing that Mallory, I figured out on the, on the personal scale of like, well, I want to get fit, you know, physically in a better place. What do I do? Well, I start to walk. Okay. Well, how do I design the experience of walking? Well, I want it to be fun. So I pick routes that I enjoy or I make sure I listen to music that I like or, you know, and that's a really simple example on a very small personal scale, but the principles are the same. Um, so, you know, when, whether you're, whether you're designing your walking route or you're, you know, putting together an event for thousands of people or you're figuring out how to overhaul, um, you know, your marketing, your brand, whatever it is, it's all the same stuff at the end of the day. It's all, it's all based on the feelings. So, so those are the four uh, steps of the framework and, um, you know, people are welcome to visit my company's website. It's uh, gaexperiences.com. We've got all kinds of good stuff on there, information about the framework, how people have used it, um, you know, what we do with people, whether they come in as a team or one-on-one, there's all kinds of good stuff. And and you can see my, my fun face on there as well. And, you know, some of the writing we've done and I've done and all that good stuff. That's awesome. Well, I can tell you, it's always nice to have people that are just, you know, smart and fun on the show. But when they can give it back to us as much as we give it to them, that's that's pure <laughs> joy. Those are our favorite ones. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This was really, this was it's a, a lot of fun. It's a strategy insulting the host that invited yeah. you. But, you know, sometimes it's risky. it plays in your favor. In the words. Yeah, flip a coin and see how you feel about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Listen, <laughs> in the words of the great Latin musical Les Mis. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> I'd, I've already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory, I'm going to work right on it. There. That says that it all, doesn't it? All. No, don't edit that out. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's that definitely edited. staying. That's, that stays. It really puts the cherry on top of the whole it does. conversation. That's the truth. I know Here's the you... thing, because you know what? You can you can learn a lot and make no sense in the process. It all go, it, it's, it's perfect. It, it all is. goes together. I know it what feels, book I'm getting him good. for Christmas now. <laughs> It's, it's a coloring book. Of it's a book. <laughs> it's a lot oh my god! Well, Mallory, we we are definitely we want to send a lot of people to your company. Your the awesome. Les Mis Mandala <laughs> yes. adult coloring book. Yes. Oh, that would rock. That would rock, wouldn't it? Yes. You are a rock star. Thank you, honestly, for spending a little bit of time with us and just just playing with us today. It, it really means a lot. Oh my goodness! Hey, it's my pleasure. I you know. Like, I, I got to walk the talk, right? I get to enjoy a, a conversation that's just genuinely fun. It feels great. And I, I it's been a, a real pleasure. So thank you for inviting me. And um, thank you for folks who've tuned in to listen. I hope there's something in there that's useful and helpful. And, you know, if nothing else, just get a shiny quarter and see what life brings. <laughs> yes, <you>. yes. <laughs> I love, love it. it. Love, love it. it. All right. We will talk to you soon. Thanks, Mallory. Have a good one. Rock on. All right. Thank you. Hey, rock stars, thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on! Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. 
We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.